Hi, I'm Ryan. Welcome to Bible on the Beach. So today we're going to be looking at uh, Acts chapter 7, verses uh, 21 through 40. Now, our focus is always uh, disciples making disciples uh, and churches planting churches so that more people can learn about God and, uh, and be in his family. So today, let's look at uh, Acts uh, chapter 7, starting in verse 20. It says, Then Moses came on the scene, a child of divine beauty. Now, just to keep in mind, uh, Stephen's in the middle of his uh, message here, and he's given a brief uh, recap of how God has been working in and through his people since he started a relationship with them. Aren't you glad that God has a relationship with us, that God's working in our life, that God allows us to talk to him, to speak to him, and he speaks back to us. That's what the nature of a great relationship is all about. It's just a relationship. It's communication. You know, the more we get to know God, the more we talk to him, and he talks to us and tells us what to do and where to go and who to talk to and what to say and everything. That's the point having a strong uh, relationship with God. In fact, that's why I do these videos so that you can grow um, in your relationship with God. So this is the relationship that Moses had. It said that his parents hid him from Pharaoh as long as they could, uh, as they could to spare his life. Now, after three months, they could conceal him no longer. They had to abandon him to his fate, but God arranged that Pharaoh's daughter would find him. You see, a lot of times when things don't go the way that you plan for your life, it doesn't mean that God's done working. Now, Moses was too early in his life to remember this event because he's a little baby getting floated on a little raft down the river. But that doesn't change the idea that uh, it wasn't uh, his plan to be raised by other people and other parents. Sometimes God has different plans for us. Sometimes maybe we're raised by people that aren't our biological parents but there are parents nonetheless because they accepted the responsibility to be our parents and that's a beautiful thing we live in a broken world sometimes we get raised by our biological parents and sometimes we don't uh, that's part of being a, a, a part of a, of, a, of a broken world sometimes that works and then sometimes it doesn't but it doesn't change parenting Parenting happens for those who accept the responsibility to do it. And so in this case, uh, Pharaoh and his house, they accept the responsibility to, to raise Moses. And this was all part of God's plan because God needed Moses to grow up in that environment and then in that culture and know the language and, know, and have the education and have the understanding because later on, God was going to use all that for Moses to lead his people through Moses' life and experience. I want you to think about your life and your experience and the parts of it that you think are a throwaway. The part you think, oh, well, God would never use that. No, no, no. Don't put God in a box. God doesn't like boxes. In fact, God wants to use every scrap of your life, even though you think it might be inconceivable as to how he might do it. See, that's the beauty of God is that he can make something out of nothing. The Bible begins that God created the heavens and the earth. Tohu avohu in the Hebrew. God created something out of nothing. That's what God can do in our life. And we just need to trust God that he can take the ingredients of our life, some of which we like and some of which we don't like, to do amazing things with. And that's God's encouragement to us, is that our life already has the right ingredients for him to do something beautiful with it, just like he did with Moses. 
So Moses was fully trained in the royal court, so he got the education. Um, uh, and educated in the highest wisdom Egypt had to offer until he arose as a powerful prince and an elegant orator. So he was educated and knew how to speak in his sophisticated manner. He was a part of the aristocracy and the ecclesia. He was, he was uh, well-versed in big words, profound thoughts, and all the isms. So in verse 23, it says, When Moses turned 40, his heart was stirred for his people, the Israelites. So Moses grows up, he's cultured, he's educated, God's working his heart. Now, isn't it interesting that God really stirred in Moses' heart when he was 40 years old? And it's never too late for God to stir your heart for him to do something through your life. Don't put an age limit on what God can do. God doesn't age discriminate. There are um, 12 year olds that are wiser than some 50 year olds that I know. And there are some 50 year olds that I know that are more funner to be around than anyone on the planet. Don't age discriminate. God doesn't like it. Allow God to work in you and he'll work through you. So in this case, God works in Moses. He stirs his heart when he's 40. His heart starts to change. <coughs> he says, One day he saw one of our people being violently mistreated, so he came to his rescue, and with his own hands, Moses murdered the abusive Egyptian. So, <laughs> God stirs in Moses' heart. The first thing he does is he goes and reacts the wrong way. So, lesson. When God is working in your heart, don't go try to do his will your way. <laughs> okay, God's working in Moses' heart. What does he do? He goes and does it his way. Don't do that. God's will, God's way. Again, God's will, God's way, not God's will, our way. There's a, there's a difference here. There's a lesson in here. And so Moses overreacts, looks around, murders a guy. By the way, if you think God uses only perfect people and only perfect pastors, you haven't read the Bible. Moses, before he is a leader of God's people, murders a man. Uh, certainly, in most circles today, we would disqualify someone if they knew that the person had taken someone else's life. God certainly doesn't disqualify people because God didn't disqualify Moses. So just keep that in mind when you think that your list of shortcomings disqualify you from God working in your life. Nothing that you do can disqualify you from God working in your life other than quitting. So don't ever quit. Now Moses hoped when the people realized how he'd rescued one of their own, they would recognize him as their deliverer. Well, how wrong he was. So God thinks, okay, Moses thinks, okay, God's calling me to be a deliverer, so I'm going to go do it my way. I'm going to go murder this dude. Then I'm going to use that as leverage to present, to present myself as a badass to the people that I'm trying to lead. <laughs> wrong move. <laughs> In fact, he gets called out by the very people that he's trying to help. So when we lead in the flesh, it doesn't manifest the fruits of the Spirit. 
So uh, he says the next day he came upon two of our people engaged in a fist fight. He tried to break it up by saying, men, you are brothers. Why do you want to hurt each other? But, but, but the perpetrator pushed Moses aside and said, who do you think you are? Who appointed you to be our ruler and judge? Are you going to kill me today like you did that <clears throat> Egyptian yesterday? So there's a little leadership principle here, and it's this. When you expect other people to live up to a set of standards that you don't even live by, you will be found out. The wise leader expects two, three, four, maybe five, maybe ten times more out of themselves personally than they would ever expect from someone else. The wise leader leads himself the wise leader leads himself, and in leading themselves, other people gladly follow. When leaders try to lead others, that's the wrong focus of energy. Just try to lead yourself. Expect 10 times more out of yourself than you would ever expect of another human being, and you're fine. When you get away from that, you get into image management, and you get into controlling people, you get sideways every time. So God gives us the energy to manage ourselves for us to stay in step with the Spirit. That's where our focus goes as a leader audience of one, leading ourselves, managing ourselves, keeping very high expectations for ourselves. That's where our energy goes. And we leave all the results uh, up to God. Moses got in a trap right away, and it was the trap of image management. He tried to do it his way, he tried to control the outcomes. He got called out by everybody. So he didn't get off to what we would call a flying start here. <laughs> but that's okay. God's going God's gonna to work through him anyways, just like God works through us anyways when we blow it and when we have our shortcomings in our life. So he says, Shaken by this, Moses fled Egypt and lived in it as an exile in the land of Midian. Now isn't this classic? Moses gets called out. What does he do? He runs away. Well, he's learning a lot here, isn't he? God had a calling for him. He handled it wrong. He gets called out. He runs away. Again, he's not batting a thousand to start his leadership. <laughs> he's struggling. That's okay. Now, after uh, he lived in the exile where he became the father of two sons, after 40 years had passed. So God calls him when he's 40. And then it takes him another 40 years for God to work on his heart. Oh, man, there's some deep stuff there. There's, a, there's, there's the time when God calls you and then God has to work on us and work on us and work on us and work on us. So don't be discouraged by that. It's normal. Every person who's called by God goes through times in their life where God's just working on them, working on them, working on them. This is what's happening to, to Moses here. It says, now after 40 years had passed, while he was in the desert near Mount Sinai, the messenger of God appeared to him in the midst of a flaming thorn bush. Moses was astonished and stunned by what he was seeing, so he drew closer to observe this marvel. Then the Lord spoke to him out of the flames, I am the living God, the God of your ancestors. I am the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Now God knew just how to speak to Moses. He's in the land of medium. He's by himself. He's out in the wilderness. He's used to it. He's probably long forgotten 
that God had called him. He's probably long forgotten why he was trained and grew up and had all the education. Probably long forgot all of that. Probably had gotten to being perfectly <coughs> peaceful and content with where he was and what he was doing. God sends him a flaming burning bush and says, I have something different for you. How many times in our, in our life have we grown complacent and okay with where we were at and then God spoke to us in a powerful way and it changed everything? Let me ask you a question. What's God speaking to you about today that, was, that you thought was unexpected in your life? What was God saying to you that you thought you didn't expect to hear that from God? You know, God's never done talking to us about doing things um, for him. Now, trembling in God's presence and overwhelmed with awe, Moses didn't even dare to look into the fire. Out of the flames, the Lord Yahweh said to him, take the sandals off of your feet, for you are standing in the realm of holiness. I have watched and seen how my people have been mistreated in Egypt. I have heard their painful groaning, and now I have come to set them free. So come to Moses, for I am sending you to Egypt to represent me. So God sent back to Egypt the man our people recognized, our people rejected and refused to recognize by saying, who appointed you to be our ruler and judge? God sent this man back to be their ruler and deliverer, commissioned with the power of the messenger who appeared to him in the flaming thorn bush. This man brought the people out of their Egyptian bondage with many astonishing wonders and miraculous signs. Now, isn't it interesting that God had called Moses, he got called out, he ran away, and then God sent him right back later on to do what he had asked him to do originally. You know, sometimes God's calling on our life, it doesn't change. Sometimes God's called some of us from when we were very little. We just put it off and we put it off and we're partying and some people are popping bottles and dating models and do all sorts of craziness and running around and doing things they shouldn't. And God's calling didn't change. What God wanted you to do with your life didn't change. What he wanted to do through you and in you and for you didn't change. We, sometimes we just ran just like Moses did. We ran and we hid and then God showed up and spoke and did and said, now's the time for you to go. I want you to go be my person right now. Let me ask you a question. Are you willing maybe to go back and do some of the stuff that God had asked you to do before? My encouragement to you is to say yes to God. Always say yes to God. And then in verse 37, it says, this is the same Moses who said to our ancestors, the Lord God will raise up one from among you who will be like a prophet to you, like I have been. Listen to everything he will say. Now Moses led the congregation of the wilderness, and he spoke face to face with the angel who spoke with him on the top, top of Mount Sinai, along with our ancestors. He received the living oracles of God that were passed down to us. But our forefathers refused to obey. They pushed him away. Their hearts longed to return to Egypt. While Moses was on the mountain, our forefathers said to Aaron, Make us gods to lead us, but we don't know... What has become of this Moses who brought us out of Egypt? Now, we're going to stop right there again. Stephen's given us a history lesson, and he's given us the history lesson of Moses today. And that history lesson, again, you know, God called Moses. Moses got off to a wrong, got off to a bad start. He, he ran and he hid. God called him again. 
God called me because God's a God of second chances. God never gives up on us. God fills us with hope for the future. So, man, do you need hope? Is God calling you again? Is God asking you again? Say yes today. In fact, right now, you could just say, God, I say yes to you. God, I want you. God, I want to follow you. God, I want to live for you. God, I know I've messed up. God, I know I've ran and I hid and, I, and I've gone uh, far away from you. Bring me close to you today again. I say yes to you again today. I invite you back uh, into my heart again today. And this is why we do uh, Bible on the Beach. I hope it's an encouragement to you. If this has been a blessing to you, please uh, encourage someone else to follow along so that they can grow too. And um, until next time, uh, have a beautiful day.